0: There is something about early summer evenings, which is able to magically wake up our senses. Fragrance, that fragrance, delicate, yet unmistakable. Heath, not overwhelming yet, that makes us feel embraced, an alluring and discreet embrace. Oh, there is still time before those stifling August nights. Summer is just in its beginnings. Spring is going away on tiptoes, while our tiptoes can finally be free of getting tickled by green grass blades, the chirping of crickets, the eyes that close lazily while a sigh escapes the lips. For a brief moment, worries seem less significant. Desires tease our imagination, They too have to wake up along with our body. After the winter torpor and the crisp spring air, our skin can finally get rid of all those layers of clothing and once more be caressed by the sun, by the wind. And if you're lucky, maybe you'll get to see some fireflies. You don't see so much of those anymore, but who knows, maybe thousands of fireflies were dancing in the darkness of that night we are going to tell you about. The night of June 13, 1933. Summer had not officially started yet, but the scent, the air, the crickets, everything was probably exactly how we picture it. Until a roar, an awful roar, shattered the silence. Vergiate is a municipality of almost 9,000 souls near Varese, in the north of Italy. The name seems to derive from Latin Inveridium agere, nestled in the green. And, well, Vergiate really is nestled in the green. Endless meadows, thick woods. It has an ancient and mysterious history that dates way back to 2500 BC with the first prehistoric pile dwellings. Here, the archaeological digs brought back to life Etruscan vases and a Roman villa with thermal baths. It seems that the battle between Hannibal and the Romans in 218 BC took place right here. And then the Visconti, the visit of Archbishop St. Charles Borromeo in 1570, and the looting of the village in 1636 by French soldiers on their way back from the disastrous Battle of Tornavento. But the story we want to tell you today is much more recent a story that makes this little village the theater of unclear events and well-kept secrets. The story of an unidentified flying object that in that night of June 13, 1933, crashed in the woods above Vergiate. You're listening to Vivi Podcast, stories of here and beyond. Since humans made their appearance on Earth, Their gaze has been fixed at the sky. To seek the divine favor, to read destiny, sometimes just to look at the stars. Optical phenomena, hallucinations, military prototypes, aircrafts coming from other worlds. Definitions are of little use. What we know for sure is that over the centuries there have been more and more sightings of these objects of unknown origin. One after another all over the world from all kinds of people A flying torch as described by Timoleon of Corinth in ancient Greece clipei ardentes, fire shields in ancient Rome as written by authors such as Pliny the Elder and Titus Livius A white fire globe many times the size of the full moon as described by Countess Valkel Bardelli in 1864 the list could go on forever, even though the start of modern UFO era is dated June 24, 1947, when businessman Kenneth Arnold saw nine objects hovering over Mount Rainier in Washington State and called them, for the first time, flying saucers. And how can we forget the widely discussed Rosewell accident which supposedly took place in 1947 in New Mexico and that has led to the most various hypotheses and despite the official explanations given over the years has lost nothing of its air of mystery. Anyway, let's get back to that night of 1933 and to that village nestled in the green and to that deafening roar that probably scared to death those who were nearby Kids rushed towards the woods, curious. And some people swear they saw something weird that night on the crash site. Little blue flames lined up on the ground and debris from an aircraft, it was said later. And the story would seem to end like this, an unfortunate accident. If it weren't for the turmoil it caused in the fascist government, which at that time ruled over Italy we find a detailed account of the event in the book The Ex-Files of Nazi Fascism, Mussolini and the UFOs, by Roberto Pinotti and Alfredo Lissoni. Pinotti himself was the one who received in 2000, while he was president of the National Ufologic Center, a set of documents about the mysterious accident of Vergiate. The sender? Unknown. What came to light from these typed documents? is a gloomy story that doesn't fail to fascinate us also for its proximity in both time and space. According to these papers, Mussolini, leader of the National Fascist Party and, at the time, Prime Minister of Italy, promptly warned by the OVRA, the secret fascist police, allegedly hastened to create a working group, also secret, named RS-33 led by Guglielmo Marconi, a famous physicist, entrepreneur, and 1909 Nobel laureate. Various telegrams are reported in which Mussolini demands, among others, the immediate, repeat, immediate stop of circulation of news about the aircraft of unknown nature and origin. But what did this elusive aircraft look like? And why was it so important for the government leaders to keep it secret? The leaked descriptions talk of a cylindrical object with a bottleneck at the bottom, white and red lights coming out of the windows, and of two pilots, about 180 centimeters tall, with bright eyes. Maybe Mussolini feared that the never-seen-before aircraft could be a German prototype, which would have been an incredible advance for the German military power. Some even say this could have been the reason that later on brought him to ally with the nazi's hypothetical owners of such resources. Or maybe his interest was addressed to that unknown technology so much more advanced than the current Italian one. Such technology would have given him an immense advantage from a military viewpoint. The second hypothesis is associated with the alleged design and testing of the death ray or death beam by Guglielmo Marconi, a weapon that the world-renowned scientist would have supposedly found right on board of our UFO. Anyway, the Death Ray is generally considered an urban legend and its theorization is often attributed to another man of science, namely Nikola Tesla. The only short testimony regarding Marconi's work on the matter can be found among the pages of a memoir Written by Rachele Mussolini, the Duce's widow, in 1973. This woman says she had witnessed a brief demonstration of the power of such weapon, even capable of blocking car engines. However, it is indeed possible that these reports could have been spread for propaganda and neither the existence of the Death Ray nor that of the cabinet RS-33 have ever been proved. It is said that after its discovery, the spaceship was stored inside the Siai Marchetti, an aircraft factory in Vergiate. From there on, its traces are lost. Some say it was taken away by the Allies at the end of World War II. Others claim that it was lost in the fire that broke out in the factory on March 17, 1943, destroying most of it. An employee started the fire and was later locked up in an asylum. We cannot know all this for sure. Time, history and the war buried the secrets of that night and of that object that had lit up the Italian village. But we know something. We know that other objects will fly over our heads. Mysteries will keep on following one another and we'll always have stories to tell and secrets to unveil until humans won't stop looking at the sky